conscious creators. What is up? Welcome back to Creating Consciousness. It's me, your host, Rebecca Weirman. If you're new here, welcome. I'm happy to have you, but I'm not going to give you the full rundown of who I am because you heard it all in the intro song and I just don't want to waste your time. If you're curious to learn more about what it is that I do, what we do at This Consciousness and how this podcast came to be, head on over to my website, thisconsciousness.com. That link is also in the show notes and you can learn more. But I really just want to get into it today because today's episode is full of so much information and wisdom and we are honored at Creating Consciousness, to have an incredible guest on today. Her name is Morgan Blackman, and she is the founder of Holistic Bucks, where she bridges the gap between money and wellness. It's her goal in life to help heart-centered female business owners and leaders become financially secure and build the confidence they need to manifest a wealthier and more abundant life. And yes, when we think of abundance, we think of money, but there is so much more to it. But today we really are focusing on that money aspect. And so many of us, myself included, have trauma. But what we don't realize is that a lot of our trauma can stem and surface around money and finances. And this goes back to childhood, how our parents interacted with money, how our peers interacted with money. And as I'm saying this, what's really coming to me is being in college, for those of us that were privileged enough, being in college and saying to your friends, oh, I can't do this because I'm so broke right now. Like the programmings that we have surrounding money, because How many times did we actually make those comments? And I'm saying we because I definitely made those comments when we weren't actually broke. Perhaps we just were working on our budgets. So money trauma exists and Morgan gets into this today. Please listen with an open ear and an open heart. We get into some topics that a lot of people aren't comfortable with these days. And I'm just going to tell you, If you're not comfortable with talking about race, systemic injustices, and uh, just the fucking 1%, this is not the podcast for you, so just stop listening and probably unsubscribe. (laughs) I feel like that's the first time you've ever heard me say unsubscribe, but it's true because this is a podcast where we talk about this stuff, where we're going to have these conversations because you know what? That's consciousness. Spirituality is addressing the flaws. It's addressing what is wrong within our system. And Morgan does a really good job at bringing this up and showcasing it and putting this beautiful spin on things to help open up your awareness. So if you're ready for that, this is the episode for you. If you're ready to manifest abundance by unblocking your money traumas, this is the episode for you. But if you are not ready to create your own consciousness and to step into the collective consciousness of where we are in this day and age and want to uh, keep yourself closed off from the issues that are arising in our world, then just log off, sign off, unsubscribe. You know what to do. I know that might sound harsh and I apologize for that, but I really do want to make it clear that on creating consciousness, not just this episode, but really any and all episodes 
we will be talking about things that might make people very uncomfortable. But that's just the reality of it. Because again, consciousness and spirituality is addressing the pain, the injustices, and the traumas. So we're going to do that whether you like it or not. So that is just the, um, the warning for this episode and episodes to come. However, if you do enjoy this podcast, if you have gained something from it, then please, please, please consider subscribing, rating, and reviewing. And then even sharing an episode with your friend can be instrumental in the growth and success of this podcast. And not only that, but more importantly, you could be helping a friend through a shitty situation if you share something that could be motivating or inspirational to them. I also invite you after today's episode to go back to season one of Creating Consciousness and randomly, or shall I say intuitively, pick an episode you are drawn to. None of them are over 10 minutes long, but pick one and listen to it and lean into the message. How does that resonate? What does it feel like? Is it true for you? What shifts and changes are happening in your life? It's something that I like to do from time to time. It's almost like um, like Russian roulette for podcasts, except no one dies. Anyway, uh, let's get into the episode. Uh, I think a better way of phrasing that would have been it's like virtually pulling an oracle or tarot card, but regardless, here's Morgan. Morgan, welcome to the podcast. Yes, hi, thank you for having me. Oh, I am so excited. You are incredible. I'm obsessed with your work. I'm obsessed with you. And I cannot wait for listeners to learn more about you and what it is that you do. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh my gosh, anytime. I, yeah, thank you. Can't thank you enough. I love to spread my, you know, my message to as many people as possible. So thanks for giving me that opportunity. Oh, of course. And I always like to start out by learning more about people's spiritual identity. So go ahead and share with us what your spiritual identity is, giving us your big three zodiac, human design, any other modalities that you use to help learn about yourself. I love this. I don't think any other podcast has like asked me explicitly first to to dish this out. So, <laughs> but I've been blessed by the sky gods with an astro chart of Cap Sun, Leo Moon, and Taurus rising. So, yeah, maybe the more I speak today, it will all make sense. <laughs> yeah. But I think I have a lot of energy, especially with the Cap Sun, you know, wanting to climb the ladder, the goats, being ambitious, want to get to the top of the mountain. Um, I think some people may see Capricorns as like materialistic, but it's actually more so about like stability and having that financial security, right? Which is what I'm trying to build out for myself and help other women build out for themselves too, right? Right. Um, and I didn't always know it, but because I remember being young and like always looking at like the description of a Capricorn, I was like, what? This is not me. I'm not a boss. Like, I'm not going to run a business. And yeah, like it all comes full circle. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, I mean, like the Taurus rising is interesting, too, because I, I think they are more on like the materialistic side, like wanting nice things, going after nice things. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting to have a blend of those two. And then 
the Leo moon, I guess, like, I can be life of the party. I think I'm, like, an am. Is it called ambivert? Where you're, like, half extrovert, yeah. half introvert. Um, around the right people, I can be, like, extremely extroverted and, like, not shut up. And, like, more on the side of, like, annoying. And then depending on rooms, if, like, I don't feel comfortable or if it's, like, people that I don't know, of course, I'm more reserved and on, like, the introverted side. Um so yeah, it's been very interesting having a Leo moon and also like navigating social media because there's mm. that piece of me that like wants to be private and reserved because I don't know anybody online, you know, and like, but how do I do that so that I can connect more with like my followers and subscribers and just people who want to learn more from me. So it's been interesting trying to like navigate that, but that's my astro chart. Wow. Yeah. What's yours? I actually don't even... I, okay, this is crazy. I am a Libra sun and I thought for the yeah. longest time I was Gemini moon and Gemini rising. Oh, I'm from God. South Africa. So my birth certificate doesn't have a time on it. Ooh, so yeah. I was always told 1035 PM. Mm. Well, when I was moving, I found my baby scrapbook and it said 1005 PM, which is oh, not 1035. <laughs> and it exactly. changed my rising sign and i am now a taurus rising (laughs) oh my god there you go right yeah we're twins yeah it makes so much more sense it makes so much more sense i used to identify as the girl who was like ungrounded and like super flighty Mm. and now i'm like i have my fucking power back i'm a taurus rising i'm grounded as shit Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I, I actually didn't know my birth time originally either. So I think last year, someone from Holisticism, Allison Unruh, and she helped me to figure out, like, I guess it was sort of like a questionnaire she gave me in between two different risings. And then I figured out Taurus was, was it. And it makes so much more sense. Like, yeah, yeah. It's all the puzzle has been put together. Yeah. But like, in addition to, to astrology, I'm also like manifesting generator. I guess would make sense too. Um, and then life path, we're getting to like numerology. Um, I'm like, my spiritual journey started with angel numbers. So like, I'm really big into numbers and yeah, life path seven. I don't know too much about it. Like, like, you know, off the top of my head. But Sevens, aren't sevens like spontaneous and fun? I think a bit of that, but also I think we're like the philanthropists, like philosophers and yeah. like, which makes sense. Like I you know, like for the greater good of humanity, almost like the Aquarius sort of traits. But yeah, mm, yeah. I love that yes. you're like a Libra sun though. I find that interesting because all my, like more than half my friends are all Libras. I don't know why I like attract a whole bunch of like Libra women. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> oh, that makes me feel good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in good company. <laughs> yeah, definitely in good company. <laughs> oh, Morgan, thank you for sharing all of that people have probably picked up on now, whether it's from the episode title or just you talking briefly, that you are a boss bitch (laughs) and that you have your own business. Can you tell us a little bit about what it is you do? Of course. So I help women to really build out their most wealthiest and abundant lives uh, as a holistic wealth coach. So my company's name or coaching company is called Holistic Bucks. And it's really all in the name. I really want to, I wanted to create something that was blending both finance and wellness together because I found within the finance space or industry, there was a lot of focus on like the practical, like 
here's how to create a budget, you know, very strategy, a lot of like masculine energy and not tapping into um, our, you know, like our relationship with money, our behaviors around money and where they stem from, right? And a lot of the times we, we have our own money traumas and traumas in other areas of our lives too. And really getting to the root of, of how it developed, right? Um, how it blossomed to what it is today. And I wanted to sort of close that gap. And I think it helps because of course, I'm a very spiritual person myself, especially over the past like three, four years, um, finding my own version of spirituality and in this new age fair. And so I wanted to also stay true to myself in my business and incorporate that into my coaching. So spirituality and wellness um, is a big thing for me, if not priority. And then finances sort of comes after for me. But yeah, I really wanted to create something for women that had a blend of both. So we're not only just, you know, focusing on, okay, how do we make a strategic budget or like a savings plan and like learn how to invest and have your money work for you. Although like those are all great things, but also how do you feel about yourself, right? Like let's make sure that we're doing the inner work, create that most abundant life and, and not have these limiting beliefs create resistance in in what that should look like. So often we spend so much time following what every financial guru tells us to do. We set strict budgets and all of us, or we're like one of my favorites, which, and I say favorite sarcastically is the, and it might work for some people. So if this works for you, um, take no offense, please, is the putting the, the cash in envelopes, Mm -hmm. like following like the, these little systems, which you know, if you aren't a strict habitual person, they're not going to work for you. So you're instead going to be root of the trauma or issue or block or limiting belief behind money. Yeah. More people need that. Exactly. I need that. (laughs) And I'm even like this year, I've like promised myself, I'm like, I'm not going to do anything that doesn't light me up and excites me. And I feel like people should have that same perspective or energy going into dealing with their money and their finances like this should be something that's fun that excites you right yeah um instead of being something that's like limiting or very rigid and strict and I really want to like move away from that and shift away from that and we can do that by tapping more into our intuition and our and ourselves but how do we do that if you don't know yourself right so that's where doing that inner work and and embedding that into my coaching is, is so important how did you train for this and how did you step into this work? What brought you here? Did it start in childhood or did it, you know, come recently? I don't like, honestly, I'm still trying to do the, the, like the inner child work because I think there's been a lot of people, maybe parents and other external influences that really shut me down over the years. And you know, and like, that's like with any conditioning, it's like, this is who you are. And then people tell you, no, you can't do this, or you can't be like this. Um, I just remember like my mom always telling me the story about being in kindergarten and I would finish my homework before like, or classwork before everyone else. And I was just like, maybe I have ADHD, I don't know. (laughs) And I haven't been diagnosed for it, but I would just like get up in the middle of the class and like start dancing. And then like all the other kids would like start dancing with me. And then like the teacher would like call home and be like so upset. Morgan's distracting the class. Um, I think they actually thought I was like gifted, but um, yeah, my parents didn't do anything about it. I don't know. They were like, oh, she's not gifted. Like, we don't want her to be like in grade four. Well, like all her other classmates are like in grade one. So 
whatever, they didn't really do anything. Um, and yeah, I think like that's where it, it sort of started. Like, you know, like that Leo moon, right? Wanting to just like get up and be like <laughs> the center of attention. And then people are like, no, you can't do that in this setting, in this environment. Um, but, and then I think that's why over time I started to like shy away from like being my authentic self and I don't think I was naturally shy but over time I just became shy I was like a very shy girl growing up um and it's why I didn't like public speaking so the fact that and I was telling you earlier like the fact that I'm doing what I'm doing today and knowing that as a coach I am going to have to step up in front of a lot of platforms and a lot of spaces um yeah it's interesting how I was able to get here but I think like pivotal moment in my life was I grew up Christian, and that was fun. That was fun, fun, fun part of my life. And then um, when I was in university, third year, I think I just started seeing, like, 11-11 all over the place. And as a child growing up, I always heard, like, oh, you know, 11-11 make a wish. And so I, I was like, why am I seeing 11-11 so much? And so I just typed that into my phone, and um, – I read up on, like, I, I think it was Doreen Virtue at the time. She was, like, big in that space, in the numerology space and angels. And it was, like, yeah, like, these are, like, angel numbers. And actually, like, num you know, numbers carry a frequency. And it's actually, like, divine communication between you and, like, the universe and angels and spirit guides. And I was, like, oh, this is so interesting. And, like, that opened me up to, like, really learning about, um, like, just energy and, and, and the divine and then learning about, and then around that time, like, yoga was a big thing that kind of, like, blew up, like, 2017, 16, even, like, a little bit before that, and so I started to, you know, I was starting to work out more, being mindful of what I was eating, and I would go to, like, these yoga classes and just learn about, like, meditation and, like, chakras, and, like, I had a friend who had crystals. She was very into crystals, so I started learning about crystals. It was just, like, a lot, <laughs> all at once in that one year, but I loved it. I was, like, this is, like, I resonate so much with these teachings and this practice and loving that I didn't have to put a title on it. It was like, this is just, these tools or modalities and practices just really fill me up. Um, and that's how I was able to sort of um, expand upon the spirituality that, that I have today. And so I guess while doing the spiritual work, you know, it's all about really manifesting the best version of yourself and, and living that out authentically and, I was like, yeah, like, I, I am in charge of my life. I am, I have to hold myself accountable to creating the reality that I want. And around that time, I had gone through, like, this really bad breakup or was, like, in this really toxic situation. And, you know, I thought I knew how to set boundaries. I thought I loved myself. And after that situation, I was like, oh, wow, like, I still have lots of work to do. Um, and even now, I still have lots of work to do because I didn't really grow up in a household where I saw, like, what a healthy relationship looked like or even in regards to money, you know, saving and my parents, like, love to live above their means. So um, when I started doing the spiritual work, I was like, okay, like, I, I can have great health. I can have a really great relationship that's healthy, that's nurturing. I can have, you know, wealth and abundance and in all areas of my life. And how do I do that? And you know, of course, around that time, starting to, to do the journal work, to do the meditation. Um, and that year, too, was when I started investing. And I, like, it all came together, but I always tell people, like, my spiritual journey happened first before my financial journey. Um, and I think it, it was supposed to happen like that, and it should, right? <laughs> um, 
And so because of that, I think that year I had a, um, she's still a good friend of mine, um, a roommate who, because of the circle she was in, someone had told her about investing and she was very proactive. And so I started learning from her, like she would always come home and be like, oh yeah, like I went to see my financial advisor today. And I would be like, oh, what did you learn? And like, and she kind of taught me about this concept of investing, which I kind of knew about, but being a black woman, I always felt like investing was something that like wealthy people did. And at that point, I didn't associate myself with being like wealthy. Um, and so I was like, oh, wow, this like whole new world opened up for me and just realizing like, you can have your money doing the work for you. Um, and it's, it's really magic if you think about it too, like compound interest is like money growing on money, you know, like on its own. I'm like, wow. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, yeah, this is going to be my way out. This is going to be how I'm like financially secure and well off. (laughs) Um, And I had already done the work on, you know, whether that was okay, right? Like I had already worked on the limiting beliefs around like, you know, money being evil, the root of all evil and that wealthy people aren't good people. And so I was like, no, like I know I'm a good person and having more wealth and more money will just amplify that and allow me to to do more and to give back more and, and, and all that great stuff. So I was like, yeah, I'm like, you know, like I also just want to live a great life. Like I want to be able to, to eat out with my friends every weekend and not have to worry about how I'm going to pay this bill or like always settle for the cheapest option in the grocery store because like I just don't, like I can't afford it, you know. Um, so I was like, no, like I deserve the best. I want the best. And so I'm going to figure out how to do that in all areas of my life specific to money. And I knew investing was going to help me create that wealth that I desired and break the, you know, the generational trauma and, 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 and curse around me, like my family, my ancestors never having enough. Right. And just, especially just being in the black community, that's like a big thing. So yeah, that year I went like, I, and it comes naturally because there are people who, you know, they'll invest in stuff, but they don't really enjoy managing money or talking about it. And that's, that's fine. Right. But I realized like, I really did love dealing with money and watching it grow and managing my finances. Um, and I was like, Oh, I'm, am I in the wrong field? Like, I didn't know, like I would ever be in the finance industry. Like I actually really love, you know, handling money. And um, that year, I think I invested like $5,000 into the stock market. It took me like a couple months, six months to a year of like learning, everything was self-taught. And then by the end of that year, I had, I was able to double that $5,000 investment into $10,000. Girl. And that was when I knew like, okay, I think I'm like good at this. Yeah, you are. <laughs> There's something here. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I just continue that and fast forward five years later, I'm, I'm where I am today. That's incredible. That is truly incredible. And you like by following the little footsteps and like the little pings and just following like literally the angel number starting this catalyst and this journey for you you ended up where you are authentically supposed to be to be you stepped into your worth you reclaimed that and literally the abundance kept flowing (laughs) to you flowing in (laughs) and when we speak about abundance right we're always turning to money as like the number one thing which of course we can have abundance and so many other things but you think abundance you do think money we need to change that but for now that's just how it is you mentioned a couple things you grew up and your parents were living above their means you also grew up christian which we know there is religious trauma associated yeah 
a lot with yeah, happening. <laughs> growing up within certain faiths. And you're a black woman living in the world in this day and age. Exactly. Yeah. How does the religious trauma, mm. the systemic racism and oppression mm. influence where you are today and influence the work that needed to be done yeah. to get you into this space of abundance? Yeah. Uh, well, definitely on the Christian front. Um, and anyone who is Christian can maybe relate to some of these teachings, but right off the bat, it's like having wealth is sort of looked down upon, you know, or like being extremely rich. Um, I think there's even a saying like something about like a needle and a haystack and getting your way into heaven, the gates of heaven. I'm butchering it right now, but <laughs> it's very hard for someone who is wealthy to reach a kingdom of heaven kind of thing versus someone who's poor and like, poor being poor is like righteous it's like the noble thing to do um mm. and so i've always kind of just grown up seeing like oh yeah money is like what creates all this destruction in the world right it's people being greedy and like this greed for wealth and and i don't want to associate abundance with that but like you know wealth and <laughs> excess wealth um leads to all the atrocities that are going on in this world and so, you know, from young, you're kind of taught like, oh yeah, like money is something that you need. It's just like a means to an end. Like you just need it to live in this capitalist society. Um, if we yeah. wanted to have it any other way, we probably would, but this is just how it is. And, you know, you get by, but don't let money sort of, you know, control your life or, and I mean, it's true. Like you don't want money to get to your head in that sense, right? Right. Um, so that was kind of that when it came to Christianity. And I guess being a black woman, for me, it was just knowing that I felt like being a black woman, my parents had already told me from a young age, like, you're going to come across a lot of barriers, right? Just being a minority. Yeah. So I kind of had that drilled into my head, whether that's like a good limiting, I mean, I wouldn't say limiting belief is good or not, but, you know, sort of having that limiting belief that, well, like, maybe I shouldn't even try because this is my situation and just based on the color of my skin, like, I'm probably not going to get anywhere or like, gonna have to face all these hurdles it's gonna be hard it's gonna be a long road um that was sort of like discouraging but also encouraging yeah. in the same breath because it's like well you know as I started getting older especially now I see so many black women like doing amazing things and so now I'm sort of like oh well you know like if they can do it I could do it too but when you're yeah. young, you don't see much of that, right? Like, I never had any Black women in my family or Black men in general, like, running businesses. And, like, I wasn't born into wealth. So it didn't seem like it was something that was possible for me. And I didn't have aunts or uncles or people in my extended family that were doing big things, right? Um, mm -hmm. So I was sort of like, oh, okay. Like, um, when I was younger, I wanted to do a lot of things. And it's changed. It's evolved. Like, at one point, I wanted to be, like, a lawyer or like, a writer and, like... <laughs> Um, definitely though, grade 12, things sort of changed when I, um, when I took like this world politics class and my eyes just opened up to like the disparity in the world. And, you know, you learn about like the 1% making so much and like the 99% of us are just struggling and getting by and this, um, unequal distribution of resources. And I was so upset and I initially went into university wanting to, to go into health, <laughs> From being a lawyer to writer to like a doctor, <laughs> actually a naturopath at one point too, and I was like manifesting generous. <laughs> exactly, hands in many pods. 
the many pods, yeah. And um, I was like, no, like, I don't know. There's like, like I, like I want to be the person that makes a dent in this like disparity wealth gap yeah. situation. Like this, this, this can't continue. And so I ended up, um, my major was in international development. Um, but to kind of, yeah, like bring it all back. Like, yeah, I did have these limiting beliefs in regards to, you know, the color of my skin and how far I was able to go and succeed. Cause I had all these barriers to face and, you know, just being in a system that doesn't prioritize me, you know, it's, 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 you know, discouraging. And then being a Christian, just already going in with the belief around money that like, it's evil. Like the, the, the reason why the world is the way that it is today, even the whole aspect of slavery and, 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 and that story, it's like, because of, you know, white people in you know, the UK, a certain space of the world wanted to right. profit off of us and capitalize. And so it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a lot to like carry, but I think with, you know, understanding at the heart of it, and, and, and this is where my spirituality really helped me over the years, because it's like, at the end of the day, no matter what I look like on the outside, I'm not going to allow that to impact what spirit has called me mm. here to do, kind of thing. Yes. You know? um, and I'm, you know, of course, not naive to the reality of the system and how black people are still at a disadvantage and people of color. And that is why it's important for me, the work that I do, that I continue to turn around and help my community, right, with the success that I'm able to see with the knowledge that I'm able to acquire to turn around and, and, and pass that baton back on, right? And to, to continue uplifting people. And, you know, and like, you know, there are allies that, you know, to, to the Black community, to the BIPOC community, which is even great. We need that. But I'm one of those people that are like, and at, at the end of the day, like, I have to help my own. I'm not going to wait on like another race or whatever to come help me. Like, you know, we got to pull ourselves up from our bootstraps and do the best that we can and, and, and work on reclaiming our power and, and doing the healing work, right? And connecting with our ancestors and our, our, our spirit guides to do that. So I'm yeah. so impressed. <laughs> so impressed. You are truly magnificent. And the fact that you're, you're not waiting around for anyone else or, you know, you're, t- you're taking your power back. Oh, this system wants to fuck with me. Mm-mm, not gonna let you <laughs> oh no it's almost like I want to learn like how people have been able to benefit off of the system and sort of like use the enemies tools or resources you know to get back at them yes. kind of thing it's like okay well like I want to do what other white people are doing and then like uplift my community <laughs> with the knowledge that I was able to acquire exactly oh my gosh you are breaking patterns you are breaking generational <laughs> and ancestral curses and you are showing the fuck up <laughs> Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, of course. (laughs) You mentioned these limiting beliefs being ingrained into you at a young age, just by going to Mm -hmm. church and seeing your parents and their relationship with money. How did that influence you? And how have you overcome those obstacles? I, even with my parents, it was very interesting because they made it appear that we had money, like, at a very young age, I would, like, if I asked for something, I would get it. Right. So it was like, oh, okay, like, money really isn't too much of an issue here. There were other things that were happening in the household that, like, negatively affected me. But in terms of money, it was sort of like, okay, cool, I can ask for something, I have it. But then I would also, in the, at the same time, see my parents, like, whenever they would fight, 
a lot of it would be about money and how like my dad was spending his money with his business and but at the same time like I was like okay this thing causes stress but like I'm getting what I want so (laughs) it's all good whatever um and then well you're also a kid you know you're not trying to take the blame on consciously at least (laughs) exactly like you know like it is what it is and then as I got older I started to realize like oh we really don't have money like that but it's you know credit cards you know used to fund my gifts and things like that and then figuring out that you know they'll pay it off later and then it just never gets paid off um and then my parents never really instilled in me like savings but even to this day my dad would be like oh like just, you know, take that loan and, 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 and just worry about paying it off later and, and things like that. And I'm, I'm like, you know, like, I do want to enjoy my life, life, life now and indulge in certain things, but not at the cost of my financial health, right? And, of course, I didn't know any better then. Right. So when I was 16, I got my first job. I was like, oh, great. Like, I don't have to rely on my parents to, you know, to get me things. Now that I know, like, the actual situation, like, now I have money, I can go buy whatever I want. And because I didn't have instilled in me like to save, when I look back, I'm like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> if I had known then what I know now, how much money I could have saved, I could have been investing, you know, even earlier and things mm-hmm. like that. But it is what it is. I'm where I am right. and where I need to be. But, um, and that's why it's so important because like, now that I have this knowledge, you know, I can now pass that on to my children and I can, you know, get them started at an earlier age. But so I guess like the limiting beliefs for me and what I've seen also with some of the clients that I have I kind of lump it into like this um kind of like an acronym but it's not a sexy acronym (laughs) but it kind of breaks it down into like four major limiting beliefs that people have around their money and the one that we kind of touched on was like the whole money is the root of all evil which some of us may get from our religious upbringing um and even if you think about like the spiritual wellness community too like there's it's 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 hard for us to have conversations about you know um charging for services even like you know people who have a business within the spiritual wellness community it's almost like i kind of want to do this work for free you know like but at the same time understanding that like you need to be um you know like in order to live in the system like you need to have resources you need to be paid for your time and and the value that you're adding to people's lives but there's such a disconnect where we feel like oh i'm doing such good like i shouldn't charge you know like the universe will like i guess reward me in some other way outside of money or like a physical resource you know um and sometimes that can be good but sometimes that can be you know bad too and I realized that even in the work that I was doing with, um, after I had graduated, I was working with a not-for-profit and I knew like going into the not-for-profit industry, like right off the bat, I'm not going to make that much money. It's, it's, it's almost like being an artist. It's like you're told right away, like you're not going to make lots of money. You like, like forget about it. You're just doing it because this is what you love doing. Um, but then I realized like, no, why can't I help people and also be financially well-off and secure? Like if I'm helping change people's lives, right? how they live their lives, I should be adequately resourced for that. Um, And so it took some work. So there's, you know, a lot of limiting beliefs about even, um, you know, how to, how to acquire wealth without harming somebody else. I feel like some people 
we think like, oh, well, like if I'm well off and I have wealth, then like that puts me into the camp of people who are wealthy and those people don't care about the 99%, you know, and mm-hmm. you don't want to be lumped into that. And then you have other limiting beliefs, like money doesn't buy happiness. I think that's actually a big one too. I kind of grew up with, even though my parents never really told it to me like that straight, but it's sort of like, oh, like that's actually probably the, the reason why my dad doesn't save because he sort of feels like, oh, whatever. It's just like money, like, you're never going to have enough anyway, so just live your life now and just spend and just whatever. But then, like, in the same breath, like, he's extremely stressed out. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I was like, how truly is that, you know? Um, but there are a lot of people who feel like, oh, well, money doesn't buy happiness anyway, so, like, what's the point of, like, working hard towards it or, 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 or having more than just enough, right? Um, I'm just going to do well with what I have now and just live whatever this mediocre life and be okay with it because that's, like, for the majority of us, that's how it should be Um, when it doesn't have to be, right? Right. And then another, I guess, yeah, and then, like, another big one, too, would be for some people, like, having a lot of money means I have to work extremely hard for it, which is grilled into a lot of us, especially those that have businesses. It's like oh, I have to do this, 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 and this, and if I don't do it this way, then, like, I'm not going to have money, or, like, I, I don't want to start a business because it's so much work, I'm going to burn myself out, I see so many people, you know, even if even if you don't have a business, you know, if you're, like, a doctor or a lawyer, sometimes these professions, they make really good money, but, like, they don't have a life, right? So it's almost mm-hmm. like, well, do I want to have lots of money? Because if I do, then I'm probably not going to have a life anyways. You know, I want to be able to spend time with my family and friends. And the more I have to work to make money, then I won't be able to do that. Let's put an end to hustle culture. <laughs> the hustle culture, exactly. The toxic hustle culture, the grind. And yeah, I think that's really the bulk of it. And then, of course, you know, like money, money is hard to come by. And, and that's just for majority of people. I was like listening to this podcast the other day and um, oh, I don't even want to bring up his name on the podcast. He's like, oh, disgusting. But he was saying something about how like women shouldn't really ask for more because like, you know, in terms of, like, traditional gender roles, like, we can't ask to, I guess, be 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 provided for in the same manner, but then also want to, I don't know, take up space in business, and, and yeah, he's, Ew. I know, I know, it, it's horrible. I'm so glad you didn't say his name. No, we don't want his name. But he I feel like I know like, who you're talking about. That's the K, yeah. <laughs> Um, and oh, there, yeah, and there are so many other men like him, even if it's not him, but yeah, and he was just like, oh, like, that's just how life is, and it's almost like, well, where did his conditioning come from, because that's not just how life is, right? Right. So I think when it comes to money, sometimes we're just like, oh, well, like, money is hard to come by, and like, everyone's struggling, like, this is just how it is, so I'm not going to actively try to find ways to get myself out of it, because this is, you know... And you probably don't even have the information or the resources to do better either, right? Because you weren't taught that. So, yeah, it's almost like, well, this is like a life sentence. This is just like how it is going to be. And it's going to have to deal with it. These are the cards I've been dealt with. Well, I mean, if we look, if we take that perspective and like amplify Mm -hmm. it to like a world perspective and like our government leaders and even just like on a grassroots level, if we all had that perspective, we would be dealing with a lot of the issues that were happening way back in time because things wouldn't have changed. Mm. That's why we need to have an expanding perspective so we are able to make change within our society. Mm-hmm. 
just because it's the way something is doesn't mean that it should continue that way. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, you hit the nail on the head. Yeah. (laughs) I'm heated. (laughs) You have no idea. I cannot believe someone said that. It makes me sick. It, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's just send them some love (laughs) and hopefully, and have grace for them as well. But yeah. Yeah. Icky. That's like their own trauma that they're projecting on to other people. It's, it's, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's why it's important for us to all do this inner work <laughs> together. If you question who you are and why you do the things you do, if you find yourself repeating the same patterns and cycles, if the little voice in your head fills you with self-limiting beliefs and internal conflict, if you use spirituality to bypass your pain and suffering, if you know you are intuitive and want to access your psychic abilities, if you want to start living life for yourself, free from the pressures of your family, peers, and society, and if you feel stuck and unfulfilled in some or if not all areas of your life, experiencing these feelings of disempowerment and resentment, know that you are not alone. The truth is, many people who are trying to heal and live authentically don't succeed because they haven't been taught to address their pain and trauma. They're unable to manifest their desires and access their intuition, and that's because they push their feelings further into their unconscious and live life by spiritually bypassing. And this isn't good because it prevents us from accessing the depth the wisdom, the intuition, and personal power that we each individually hold. This prevents us from living this life as fully and as deeply as possible. If you've ever felt this way, it's not your fault. For decades, the wellness world has taught us that love and light is the answer, and that the way to feel better is to positive mindset your way out of debt, depression, and systemic injustices. And while the positive thought thing might help you feel better about the dumb parking ticket or rain on your beach day, it doesn't move the needle for deeper issues. What you may not realize though, is that every time you're triggered in a pattern of repeating cycles and projecting onto others, you're provided with an opportunity to heal. So let's embrace this. Let's heal together. And I can help because I've been there. I let my traumas and conditionings run my life, but not anymore. As I dove deeper into my unconscious and subconscious, I met my shadow. I started to understand why I acted the way I did, how my trauma affected me on a daily basis, and why I wasn't able to achieve my goals. And as I began integrating my shadow and bringing it to my conscious awareness, things around me shifted. I began living in alignment with my highest self. My psychic abilities reawakened and I began feeling more at peace. And now I'm here to help you do the same. Join me in a three or six month intuitive healing container where we work one-on-one to go to the depths of your unconscious mind to help you meet your shadow and reprogram your traumas, conditionings, and patterns that you are desperately wanting to break. 
using modalities such as the tarot, other divination, energy healing, shadow work, and neuroscience, we are able to bring you to a place where you are free from your subconscious and unconscious conditionings. You will leave having an awakened and heightened intuitive ability that you will be able to use on a daily basis. You will thrive in your power while having a clear sense of your purpose and increased confidence. You will understand when and how your shadow shows up in your daily life and how to navigate it with ease. But most importantly, you will gain the ability to be fully present in your highest self and your emotions without feeling completely overwhelmed. The time for healing is now. Awaken and welcome this consciousness as you join me in an intuitive healing container. Visit www.thisconsciousness.com slash intuitive hyphen healing for more information and to schedule your first intuitive healing session today. Now, if you had advice for someone who is beginning their mm. financial and might I say wellness and financial journey, what advice would you have for them? So definitely, I guess, piggybacking off of the limiting belief. It's like this analogy where it's like, probably going to butcher it again, but in terms of like healing and becoming the better version of ourselves, it's almost like you have like a pile of garbage and you're doing like all the fluffy surface level things like, okay, I'm gonna take like bubble bath every Sunday. Like self-care Sunday is like a thing, right? Yeah. Um, but like, and so it's like throwing flowers and sweet smelling scents on top of this garbage to sort of mask it all, right? To pretend like on the surface, everything is good, but underneath it all, there's still garbage. <laughs> yeah. It's still garbage. And at some point the flowers are gonna die and like the scent of the garbage is gonna like overpower the scent of the flowers kind of thing. Um, and that shit is going to come back up in, in some way, right? And so I kind of see that with our journey and relationship with money. It's almost like sometimes, you know, we, we, we take a couple steps forward and then a whole bunch of steps back. Mm -hmm. But a lot of that could be like, you know, some of the work that we haven't been doing internally in order to see those external results. And so of course, identifying our, our limiting beliefs are, and there's one statistic that I, I found out and I've been like, just like yelling it <laughs> to everyone. Um, and it was just really interesting. It was like 95% of our thoughts are subconscious. And then both subconscious and conscious, 85% of our thoughts are, um, are negative. And I was like, that is a really big number. So majority of the time, we're not even conscious or cognizant of, like, the decisions we're making. Mm -hmm. These are decisions that we're making based on past experiences, past traumatic experiences, our belief sets, values, things of that sort. And so I think any change that we want to make, whether it's our finances or other areas of our life, is to really, like I said, get to the root of, of, why your life is the way that it is today. And I think a good way of doing that would just be to sort of journal out like where you are now and then where you want to be. And then sort of figuring out in between that, like where is the disconnect? What are some of the, some of the limiting beliefs that come up that are keeping me from 
seeing this specific outcome. And just being self-aware, right? I think it's just, it's self-awareness. So a lot of the times we can't make changes that we don't know what to change in the first place. So identifying, yeah. is it a certain behavior? Where does that behavior come from? Certain, you know, and I truly believe that our thoughts over time become our belief sets. So sometimes our thoughts determine our behavior. So, you know, listening to yourself in a day, what are some of like the negative thoughts you're telling yourself? Um, and trying to catch yourself in the moment, being like, oh, like I shouldn't be so hard on myself, you know? Um, but then doing the work to be like, well, where does this thought come from? Why am I thinking like this? How does this relate to like um, a belief set that I have? And so just doing the work to identify these limiting beliefs. And then of course you have to figure out like how to shift those limiting beliefs into something more empowering. It's really going to give us the motivation and the courage to make these changes. And so, I mean, some of the things that I've done in my life and things that I encourage my clients to do is, of course, journaling is great, right? Writing things out. Yeah. Um, Always. Yeah. <laughs> and getting our subconscious out into paper, right, in front of us and, and dealing with the hard shit, right? And, like, you do shadow work, so you know all about this, right? Um, yeah. Facing our fears and then being like, okay, cool, it's out in the open. These are things that I have to hold myself accountable towards. But, you know, I think what's some, like something that's really interesting about limiting beliefs, you know, like I said prior, is that they, a lot of these limiting beliefs aren't from us, it's from other people, right? Whether it's institutions or parents, other external influences. And so sometimes when I have a limiting belief, I'm like, okay, who, who taught me this? Like, do I actually believe this? Or is this my mom talking to me right now? Or my dad talking to me right now? You know, this, um, a past experience that I have with a lover that's like <laughs> coming back and talking to me right now. Um, and sort of doing the work to like peel back those layers. And then in that moment deciding like, okay, no, this doesn't have to be my story. Like, let me come up with something more empowering because I know at the end of the day, like, this is my true outcome and this is what I want, but I can't get there if I feel like all men are trash. Like, you know, like how, uh -huh. <laughs> if I think that, then like, there's, if all men are trash, then like, why would I want to be with any man, right? Kind of thing. So it's like right. reframing those belief sets. And you can do, you know, through like journaling, um, even CBT, like, would love for people to go to therapy, but sometimes therapy isn't cost effective. Go to therapy. Go to therapy. I understand, like, if you can't go to therapy, yeah. you know, doing this, you know, doing journal prompts on your own, just reflecting, brain dumping, talking to yourself, you know, maybe writing a letter to money, just, just, just getting everything out on paper. And then meditation is great too, because that kind of teaches you to be present in the present moment to quiet your mind, to quiet your mind of all these thoughts and negative chatter that we have throughout the day, to really like center ourselves. And then EFT tapping, EFT tapping is a, a great, I think in the spiritual wellness community, it's like kind of maybe overrated by now, but, but it works, <laughs> but it works. Yeah, exactly. It works. And then outside of that people, there's still a lot of people who aren't familiar with it. It's still very underground. So, but I found EFT tapping to be so profound, maybe even more so, I don't want to say more so than meditation, but if I had to choose one thing to live off of for the rest of my life, it's probably EFT tapping. Um, I think it's because you actually see the, I think you see more immediate results Yeah. with tapping. With meditation, it's more like a long-term journey. It's not, you know, like anything revelational is going to come by you meditating. But with EFT tapping, you're like actively reprogramming your mind. Yeah. And so you see, even just after one session or a couple minutes, like, 
you see that shift. And sometimes, like, you do it, and some people are like, oh, like, I don't really feel anything, but it's, it's acting on your subconscious. It's almost like hypnotherapy, right? Like, this is work that we're doing on, your sub, on the subconscious level, um, energetic level, cellular level. <laughs> so I love, love, love EFT tapping because you're not only working on the negative aspects of your beliefs, but you have to follow up with a positive affirmation or an empowering belief before you end the session. So just based on all that I said, EFT tapping is just amazing. If you're not doing it, you should just be doing it. Um, Start now, start now. And the beautiful thing about it is that you can, there are like so many YouTube videos out there, you know, for even guided meditations as well. For EFT tapping, there's apps for meditation for EFT tapping. Um, so these are things that you can do on your own with that and for free without having to go to a therapist if you don't have, you know, the, the ability or can afford one. Um, and sometimes even therapy isn't for everyone. Like sometimes it's not about talking through things. Some people process things differently, right? So um, maybe doing the tapping and doing something a bit more physical or hands-on may be better than just sitting in front of someone and, 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 and talking through um, your problems. But yeah, I think it's just, you know, everyone's different. Our healing journey is all going to, you know, it's not going to, it's not supposed to look the same. So just finding tools and resources that, that resonate with you and that help you to see the results that you need to see. So I love to give people, you know, like those are like my top two, but yeah. I know there's probably so many other things out there um, that can really help you. Right. And so many more that you probably use in your client sessions exclusively. Yeah. 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 I even love, I mean, like tarot is like, I mean, I guess tarot helps you to sort of see if you're on the right path and, and, you know, sort of have that validation or that clarification as to whether, you know, you're going in the right direction. Um, I'm not too sure more about limiting beliefs, but like your tarot will tell you that you do need to work, (laughs) you know, on releasing the limiting beliefs. So that's a good thing, but yeah, so many different things you can tap into. That's beautiful. The tarot does illuminate (laughs) exactly what needs healing. It's a great, Mm -hmm. great way to use um in your healing work as well exactly so I have started asking people on Instagram when we have Mm -hmm. podcast guests what they want to ask the guests so I asked on my story uh what people wanted to ask you and one of the most commonly requested questions was how people can unblock their money traumas I know we sort of touched on that when it came to tapping, affirmation, journaling, therapy. Is there something else that's financial? Educating yourself. I think that's been a, been a big piece because sometimes you can do like a lot of the spiritual work, but from a finance perspective, I think a lot of the trauma comes from just not knowing. So I think what's helped me is really just reaching out to people being okay with having conversations about money because when i think about my friend who taught me about investing if i wasn't as inquisitive if i wasn't like you know i, I could have ended the conversation like oh cool you went to go see a financial advisor and just end it there but i was like no like tell me more like <laughs> you know what i mean and reading books, listening to podcasts. And like I said, like my financial journey, like it it started that same year where I had my spiritual awakening, but I delved into as much things as I could in terms of acquiring more knowledge. I was like, if I want to be better at my money, I need to understand how money works, how the system works. Um, So on the practical side, it's a lot more like educating yourself and 
I think like that's the beauty and why I have the coaching program that I have today is because like I've done all that work. <laughs> so it's like instead of you having to go there and search for it, it's like all that knowledge is there. It's in our sessions. It's with some of the other um, futures I have that you can find within my coaching program, like my resource vault, and all these things is like a, amalgamation of, of 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 resources in one place kind of thing. And yeah, like just, you know, really educating myself, putting myself out there, being willing to learn more about money, understanding how it works, concepts, terms, especially when it came to investing, you definitely have to do the research and, and, and do work on that end. Um, even if it just comes down to like watching YouTube videos or like just following, finding, you know, like if you're following me on Instagram, that's a step, you know, getting comfortable with like seeing other people talk about money and being confident about their money. It, I think it kind of motivates you to be like, okay, like if this person, especially as a black woman, like if this black woman is so confident about her finances, like what is it about this confidence? How did she get there? How can I learn more from her? Right. And through her story or, or some of the resources she has to give me um, or her thought process, you know? So on the practical side, I think it's really just acquiring knowledge, that financial literacy piece, which we didn't get, right? Cause we weren't taught that in school. If our parents didn't know any better, they couldn't teach us that. A lot of us weren't born into wealth, so we don't know how to carry on wealth to even begin with or how to create it. So um, on that side of things, really just getting familiar with, with money, understanding the concept of it. And then on you know the more spiritual side, like I said, just you know really journaling, doing a lot more reflection as to like, you know, and, and not... And I think a lot of the times we like to guilt ourselves, right? There's like a lot of guilt around like, I should know better or like, yeah. why do I have, you know, why is my relationship with money the way it is? And just giving yourself grace, like you are doing the best that you can with what you know and and take it one step at a time, <laughs> one, step to, one step at a time, you know, tapping into these resources, follow me on Instagram, get comfortable with other people talking about their money, and you'll learn something. And yeah, I, I just think blending those two worlds, <laughs> yeah, well, eventually, like, you can figure it out. You will figure it out. And that's the biggest piece, like, believing that, like, you, you can figure it out and you will. What, I, what I'm getting from the way you're talking about this is if you haven't unblocked some of your limiting beliefs that exist that don't surround money, maybe start with those first mm -hmm. because perhaps that could reflect your worthiness when it comes to unblocking mm -hmm. your money self-limiting beliefs. Yeah. Goes hand in hand. It's something I always notice with clients too, is that if someone's coming to me about a relationship reading yeah. or like a relationship issue, mm -hmm. they're most likely, I would mm -hmm. say 95% of the time have a money issue as mm -hmm. well. And vice versa. Yeah, because money, like, it's a relationship like anything else, right? You can have relationships with people. You can have relationships with your health, with <laughs> with your organs, with your money. Yeah. It's all the same thing. Um, but, yeah, and that, like, that is why I said my spiritual journey happened first before my financial journey. Because if I didn't believe that I was worthy of having it all and abundance was my birthright and, like, doing taking the active steps to 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 peel back the layers on whatever limiting beliefs I had about money and and knowing that it is okay to have wealth because I think with being really spiritual too like I said it's, it's it's sort of that fear of like what will people think of me if I do have a lot of money right like am I a fraud right so 
doing that work to be like, well, this is my truth. This is how I want to live my life. And every like being financially well off is going to look different to other people. So you can live comfortably off of $50,000. And then someone may need to be making $300,000 to, to, to live comfortably, right? Or at least that's what they think. But it's going to look different to everyone. So I think even just like when it comes to money trauma, like, Figuring out your why, like, why does having more than enough money, why does it feel out of reach? Why does it maybe scare you to have more money, right? Because we don't talk about that. Maybe it's the flip side. Maybe you're just, like, you, you don't want anything to do with it. <laughs> exactly. Subconsciously, right? And that's playing out into your reality and, like, your behaviors and, and, the, and the decisions that you're making. Um and so one thing I always like to tell people is like, really figure out your why. Like if you were to be financially well off, why? Why do you want to be? Because for someone, it could be like just for materialistic reasons. It could be like, oh, well, I just want to have a lot of money so that I can like buy designer clothes and drive a flashy car, right? And, and, and have this like million dollar mansion and have space that I don't need, you know? Like it's, <laughs> for everyone, it's going to be different. But then for me, when I got clear on like my why and, I've broken down my why into three things. Like my biggest why for wanting to be financially well off is so that I can give back more. Like just being someone who's first a philanthropist and like wants to make the world a better place. I know that money is power, right? Like money is the reason why like money makes the world go around. And you can, of course, there's like one end where you can be more grassroots and advocate and, 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 and demand for change on the flip side you can have a lot of money and tell people what to do because you have a lot of money yeah and so I'm like why can't I be the person that has a lot of money and then tell people because I have that money you know I can do some and like either end is is okay I think I was reading something today about like Mackenzie Scott Mm -hmm. uh Jeff Bezos's ex-wife and how she's giving so much money away to like charity right like more than him (laughs) more than him and more than anyone has ever had right so being in like a billionaire status and having that amount of wealth so it's like wouldn't that be amazing to know that like you're 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 making money by changing people's lives and then giving back majority of that too and having the ability to give back majority of that right so giving back and then two like choices like I said I don't to be frank, like, I want to shop at Whole Foods and, and Farmer Jack's and, like, can you be mad at me for that? You know, like, I want to eat organic. I want to, I'm so mindful of, like, what I put into my body. And sadly, like, that needs to change. But to eat better, it costs more, right? So yeah. if I can create something sustainable for myself where I'm creating impact, like, I deserve to be, re- like, you know, like, adequately rewarded for that and if I'm adequately rewarded enough that I can shop at Whole Foods then like that's great that motivates me to want to make more money right and then the biggest one is time like especially with like, in, in in respect to investing now learning that I can have my money work for me that really helped to shed a lot of limiting beliefs because no longer that I feel like I have to work to make money like there is a way that I can the money that I am making I can have it work on its own and over time that compounds and it grows and I can have more wealth tomorrow than I had today by not having to like set foot at work, you know, <laughs> or like even with a business, even with a business, you're still exchanging time for money, right? So with that money that's coming in, how are you over time having it work for you? And so knowing that, you know, I see so many people, like one big question I love to ask is like, if you had to stop working today, how long could you go without working? Mm. Oh, and most people are like, oh, like I have to go back to work tomorrow. Right. I think we just got the title of our episode because that is a question that's going to make people <laughs> fucking think. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, I, I can't, what? Like, I have my two paid weeks of vacation, and other than that, like, no, I have to go back to work. Like, so wealth to me, it isn't about the money that you have in your bank account, but it's the ability to be like, hey, if I want to, like, stop working for three months and, like, travel the world for a bit and come back, I could do that, you know? Or, like, if I get fired, some people, if they get fired today, like, they're scrambling because, well, you don't really have, like, an adequate emergency fund or a savings, and, and you're, you know, you're flailing, you're overwhelmed, and if you can, and I'm not saying, like, life happens, and shit happens, but I feel like when you're, when you've gotten to a place where you're better able to manage your money, you're prepared for it. Like, I know even for me, like, there are going to be situations where, like, I will have money mishaps. But I, I'm, a, I'm better able to bounce back. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that, like, things, you know, trials and tribulations won't happen in regards to your money. Like, anything in life, like, it's a cycle, right? Just like even the stock market, there's ups and downs. But you're better able to bounce back from them. And so if you're someone that didn't have any kind of savings and you lose your job, well, you know, there you go. For six months, you're like, what do I do? And, like, usually it takes people, like, three to six months to find the next job, right? right? That is why usually they, you know, they always recommend your emergency fund is between three to six months. So... Just things like that, just knowing that, like, I can buy back time if, you know, if I have a business and I'm like, okay, for a year, I just want to take the year off and, like, go to India and, like, meditate or go to some retreat in Bali. Mm. Like, I can do that. And I just want to be able to do that, you know? Um, and, of course, there's this privilege that comes with that. Right. Right. But that's why, for me, it's so important as a Black woman, like I said, if I am going to be privileged off of this system, even as a Black woman still, like, it is my duty to... And not everyone's going to think that way, but it is my duty to turn around and help others do the same, right? So we can all eat. (laughs) Mm, Thank you for answering that question with so much heart, so much passion, and so much truth. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Is there anything that you have coming up that the audience needs to know about, whether it's a new coaching container or maybe just like a freebie they can get for signing up your email list? What do you have that that they can do to stay in touch with you or to become a client of yours? Yeah, of course. Like I love to work with people one-on-one. So I have my six-month coaching program, The Wealth Well, and we cover everything from mindset. We do that, you know, spiritual work all the way to investing and having your money work for you um and in addition to that i of course do this like one hour strategy call so for people who maybe aren't ready for that long-term intensive process and working with me in that way in that regard if you have one you know like any specific goal you're working on even if it's like mindset we can do you know a tapping session things like that um, or maybe, you know, maybe you want to intuitive, intuitively come up with a budget because I'm someone that doesn't really believe in the traditional ways of budgeting. So, you know, you can hop on a call. We can find a way to intuitively assess your finances and do it in a way where you can actually save more money and then use that money to eventually invest, things like that. So one-hour calls, broke, I call them broke-to-woke calls. <laughs> um, <laughs> broke-to-woke, like I should put trademark on that. You should. Um yeah real soon (laughs) and yeah that's pretty much uh those are like my two main offerings i do have courses but i don't really actively promote it because at the end of the day i feel like there's some people that you know you buy courses and you kind of forget about it or like halfway through you kind of drop out if there's no accountability so i'm like i want you to get the most bang for your buck i don't want you to be like oh i bought morgan's course i'm like i didn't really get nothing from it no like work with me one-on-one and you will say otherwise (laughs) so 
those are my two. But yeah, you can follow me at Holistic Bucks on IG. I have a mailing list. Every Monday I show up um, on IG and do a live. And then I have weekly newsletters, all that great stuff. I'm always dishing out um, so, like just free resources. I have workshops here and there, webinars and, and things that I host. So if you follow me, you'll see when, you know, I have upcoming events and things of that nature. Amazing. We'll link all of Morgan's important information down in the show notes. So you have that easily accessible. Morgan, to finish us off, I have a couple questions, more than a couple that you actually inspired me to come up with. And this will be a new segment in the podcast moving forward. Just to close us out. Are you ready? This is like a speed rapid fire round. Oh God. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Yes. Perfect. Question one, what is one hot take about your industry? You can invest with this as little as a dollar. <laughs> Amazing. What's the best advice you've ever received? Um, it's going to maybe have to be from my grandma, but she's just like very strong, independent black woman. Like just, I don't even think it's like specific advice or a quote, but it's, it's just like, just have your own, like have your own, <laughs> stand in your power. Yeah. I feel that. What's the worst advice you've ever received? Mm, oh, to continue doing a job, just even if you don't like it because it's safe. Oh, I hate that. I, I think most people- Did you continue? That. No, that was the job that I, I left to start this. I was like, mm-mm, yeah. Hell yes. <laughs> oh, I love that. I got chills. <laughs> Next question. How do you keep learning? Mm, I, ooh, I love this. Last year, my motto was be, learn to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. And I learned by pushing myself. Mm. Like I was telling you, like I, before starting this business, like I did not like public speaking. I couldn't even like you, like panic attacks. You'll put me in a room and like we do icebreakers and like my heart's racing. I'm sweating. I'm like all gassy. Like it's just ridiculous. <laughs> me too. And, <laughs> there you go. And um, yeah, I think, you know, starting this business, hosting master classes. I mean, I've, I've had help with tapping and do some of these other things as well, but really being like, you know what, like, if I want to be great, I got to be comfortable with putting myself out there and showing up and speaking my truth. And I'm happy that I pushed through it and I wasn't like, oh, I don't want to do this. I you know. And like, of course it wasn't easy, but I feel like growth doesn't happen when it's easy. Mm-hmm. Like, it can only happen when you have to push you something hard. So. A fucking man. <laughs> yep. And last but not least, Morgan, a question that every person who comes on this podcast will be getting asked from here on out. How do you create consciousness on a daily basis? That's really good. Oh my God, I have to think about this one. How do I create consciousness on a daily basis? By being present. Honestly, by being present, especially as a manifesting generator, like I'm, my mind's always rate like a million things at once. And I do have an anxious attachment style. So for me, it's really important sometimes throughout the day to carve out that time to be like, yo, be in this present moment, whether it's meditating, whether it's just sipping some tea and reading a book, like really carving out time for me to just be with myself and my thoughts. And even if it's like the end of the day, just like reflecting on how the day went, Showing gratitude, showing gratitude is another big one too. Showing gratitude for sure can help me help at least helps me to raise consciousness. Beautiful. Within myself. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Morgan, for answering 
all these questions and for having this conversation with me. I am so grateful and you taught me so much. So thank you. Anytime. I would, yeah, I, I feel like there's even so much we still didn't cover, but like next time. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely love to have you back on. But if there's anything we didn't cover that you would like to just bring up now, let me know. Definitely. I think what's really important is to just start having conversations on anything that you want to do with your finances. So actually seeing a financial advisor, because if, if you want to start investing, they can help you break down the basics of what that looks like, identify like what your risk tolerance level is, um, what your financial goals are. Most people invest for their retirement. And I think it's really important. Actually, one thing that I want to mention, why it's really important to invest is because this capitalist system in which we live in and how it works, inflation. Inflation is like the rise in prices of goods and services over time. And it sucks, but it's like things are not going to get less expensive. Things are going to get more and more expensive. And the way that the system, how it's supposed to work with capitalism is that people's wages are supposed to keep up with inflation. And it doesn't, right? Like we've seen time and time again, things get more expensive. People, their wages stay the same. Corporations as well are to be, be held accountable because really within capitalism, wealth is supposed to be redistributed, but it, it's not. <laughs> and like wealthy people just want to retain and hold on to more. So when I think of like the Jeff Bezos and like the Amazons, it's like why, even though yes, $15 is more than like the federal minimum wage, you can, you should be paying your labor is like $25, $30 an hour. Like, I mean, I can't tell people what to do or with their more. money. Or way more, exactly. So let's be honest. <laughs> Yeah, it's like creating this equitable field, playing field. Um, but right now it doesn't exist. Hopefully as more spiritually conscious creators step up and, and, and start to create wealth for themselves, you know, and really help to redistribute wealth and teach others also how to create wealth for themselves. Um, maybe you can start to see some real big changes. But yeah, inflation. So just knowing that things are getting more expensive. Inflation is working against you. So with investing, you have interest working for you. And it's sort of like you want to cancel the other one out, right? By investing, having your money increase over time. And the average investor sees maybe like 7 to 10% returns on their investments, depending on what you're investing in. Don't quote me on it, um, in a lifetime. And if the inflation rate is around 2 to 3%, if your money is just sitting in a savings, the same $40,000 you have today, 20, 30, 40 years from now, is going to be worth like $5,000 purchasing power, $10,000 purchasing power. That's how wealthy people are able to create wealth and then keep it. And what majority of people don't know, right, um, or realize. So I think investing is something that you should at least start thinking about having your money. And we, you can bring me on another time and we can talk about like ethical investing because I know that's a big thing for people too. Mm. Like, how can I invest, but like not add to the corruption and the cronyism within capitalism and, and support companies that aren't doing good. And yeah, so we can talk about that another t time as well. But just knowing that there is a way to ethically invest. And so do not shy away from it. <laughs> mm, beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I'm really glad you did because people need to hear it. Yeah, of course. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And we'll definitely have you back on the podcast yeah, because you are just a book of knowledge and information. And oh, I appreciate it. 
people need to hear you more. So please go follow Morgan on Instagram <laughs> at Holistic Bucks. Again, that will be linked in the show notes. We'll link her website as well, along with any other important links of hers. Morgan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I will speak to you soon. Take care. Conscious creators, that is today's episode with Morgan Blackman of Holistic Bucks. I hope you enjoyed it. All of Morgan's information can be found in the show notes. Also, all of my information can be found in the show notes. I know I love hearing from you, and I know Morgan would love to hear from you as well, so please connect with the both of us. But of course, the part you have all been waiting for, the weekly card reading. And the card that I pulled today is Snake Medicine, and this is a card from the postcards from the liminal space deck one of my favorites it just likes to bitch slap us around a bit sometimes but that's okay because snake medicine is truly a transformational card we usually talk about letting go of what no longer serves and when we do that we look to the external what is around us that we need to let go of Sometimes we say it's a partner, it's a friend, it's a family member. But have you ever thought that there could be something within you that you need to let go of? Something that's come up for me recently that relates to this card is I had entered into a stage of regression. And I knew I was going to get through it, but I kept telling myself, I just wish I could be the old Rebecca again. Wow. I miss the old Rebecca, but I know I'll be, get back to her. I know I will be the old Rebecca again. And all I was doing while I was telling myself was affirming the state of regression that I was in. I wasn't allowing or creating space to be the new Rebecca, the more evolved Rebecca. And it hit me one day and it sort of hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, I'm spending so much time trying to be the old me because she was healthier and yada, yada, yada. But really, I now have the opportunity to create a new Rebecca, a better Rebecca. So how is this showing up in your life? And I truly believe that that's why this card was so fitting because it just speaks to so many of us turning outside of ourselves to see change when really the change we need is within us. So today I challenge you to look within and let go. Once you've done that, affirm to yourself, I am constantly evolving for my greatest good and the greatest good of all concerned. Let's say that again, but together this time. I am constantly evolving for my greatest good and the greatest good of all concerned. Repeat this affirmation to yourself as many times as you need, but trust and know the words as you say them. And as always, my friends, remember that you are loved, you are supported, you are divinely guided, and you are creating consciousness. I'll be back next week with a new episode for you. But if you are a listener who is a fan of the short and sweet daily episodes from season one, well, just you wait. 
because I have something special coming for you soon. But until then, conscious creators. Yeah.